Hey sis, welcome back to the podcast. I'm Emma. And I'm Haley. Today we're going to be talking about mental health, so here's a little background on us. I'm studying behavioral health science at Grand Canyon. I only have a semester left, so that is horrifying, but I also know a little bit about this topic. I've taken a lot of classes on human development, human behavior, psychology, counseling, so although I've never struggled myself with mental health, I do know a little bit about the topic and I'm passionate about it, so... What you hails? What do you want to do with behavioral health? Right now, I'm looking more towards the um, yeah. human behavior side. So I would love to be working with kids or just people in general who have special needs. I'm drawn to autism and that spectrum, but I'm also open to whatever is coming after graduation. Yeah. Yay. Your turn. Yeah. So my minor is behavioral health science, but. Most of my experiences through like my own lived experience was diagnosed with an anxiety disorder when I was 14. So Emma's going to kind of just like ask questions about Mm -hmm. my mental health journey and then we'll discuss at the end kind of like our top tips for maintaining good mental health. Yes. And also just letting you guys know like if you're struggling with this, you are not alone and recovery is very possible. And it's more common than people think it is. Yes. So you said that you were 14. How old Mm -hmm. are you now? I am almost 21. So it's been a while. A a trek, yeah. What does a panic attack or what does anxiety feel like for you? Um, so for me, a panic attack, the best way I can describe the symptoms are like my heart will start racing like really uncontrollably like to the fact where I'm like, oh, I need to go to the hospital, like I'm having a heart attack. My heart will be racing uncontrollably. I start like very physically shaking. Like I literally look like I'm having a seizure. Like I start shaking very uncontrollably too. Uncontrollably is really the word that's kind of over the whole thing. Um, I get really sick to my stomach. Like I seriously can remember like every hotel or like friend's house bathroom that I've like ever been in where I'm having a panic attack and I'm like dry heaving because I just like I get really sick to my stomach. And then my body kind of like feels like it's on fire like I feel like I'm freezing but I also feel like my body's on fire like just physically a lot of it's just it's a very physical experience even though it's like triggered by something mental Mm -hmm. it's a very physical experience your body's just basically in this like fight or flight mode Mm. um so it's trying to fight back against this threat that's not there and so for me one of like the weirdest things about my panic attacks is that they happen when I'm dead asleep so I'm literally Mm -hmm like asleep and then I wake up and I'm like in the middle of a panic attack so my body's like trying to fight something off but I'm like yo I'm in my bed can we chill (laughs) so that's what a panic attack feels like for me and I guess what helps me is like honestly physical touch like I have a weighted blanket now and that's really helpful for me but my mom used to like like when I was like 14 she used to like hold me like she would have to like physically hold me because I'd be shaking so bad that helps a lot she'd always be like it's okay like this isn't real like you'll get through I don't know if you've ever seen Divergent Do you know where Mm -hmm. she's like, this isn't real, this isn't real? Mm -hmm. That would also help me just being like reminded like, it's okay, you will get through this. Um, So that's what a panic attack feels like. Anxiety for me, it just feels like I'm trapped in my own head. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know. There's this really good photo series that describes, it's supposed to describe what anxiety feels like. And there's one where she's like has, it's like her head and there's like a kind of like a cage as the top half. Like it just, I don't know. I just feel like I'm trapped in my head and it's like just this like thought paralysis almost like my thoughts are paralyzing and like feeling it in my body like there will be times where I remember when I would get in the car in high school and I would be like 
wait, I haven't even like breathed like the whole day. It just would feel like I forgot how to breathe in a way. And I would like, I remember sitting at the kitchen table like for hours after everyone in my house had gone to bed because I was just like, like I just didn't want to be alone with my thoughts. Like I don't even know what my thoughts are about. I just knew like I didn't want to be alone with them because they were just so paralyzing and yeah it's I don't know it's kind of hard to describe like one specific way that it feels because it like feels different I'm sure for everyone but in my experience I don't know I just feel like trapped in my own head by like worries or irrational thoughts or things like that and not necessarily over a specific thing that's the thing is like some some days I'm like I'm so anxious and I don't know why because it is very physical but yeah just tell us how did it start for you so I remember when I was in eighth grade I would, this relates, I promise, I would, like, have sleepovers, like, every single weekend, like, a different weekend, I was, like, sleeping over at someone else's house, and I remember I would literally, every single time, wake up in the middle of the night, like, I don't know, I didn't know what was going on, I, now I know, like, I was having panic attacks, but I didn't know that that was, like, the situation at the time, I was, like, oh, I have really bad periods, I'm probably sick from PMS, which doesn't even make sense, but I just didn't know what was happening, and now I know I was having panic attacks, so it kind of started in 8th grade, but then in ninth grade, I started having panic attacks during the day, so I remember I had like a really bad one at school, again, didn't know what it was, uh, went home that day, and pretty much never went back to school for the whole semester, I just like, I couldn't go to school, I, my anxiety was so bad, I couldn't go to school. I was like sleeping all the time. Like I couldn't get out of bed. Like we would drive up to my school every single day. Like my mom would be like, okay, like let's go. We drive up to my school every day. And I like could not get out of the car. I was just like paralyzed, couldn't get out of the car. Um, I would go into school after school, which I could do. I would go after school and I would meet teachers to like teach me everything I was missing. And I would like teach myself at home. And I pretty much, I would like slowly go in for part of the day, but basically like my whole first semester. I was never there a full day of school. So that was how my freshman year started, not exactly what I envisioned. And so I started getting help that semester after a while where I was like, okay, this is like not feasible. Like I can't live my life like this. Mm -hmm. um, so then I started to get help, but that's kind of what it looked like in the beginning. And I didn't really like tell people about it because I was very ashamed. And like people would give me a hard time about the school I was missing because they didn't know the full story. Right. Um, but yeah, so that was how it started. Mm -hmm. um, when did you, you kind of touched on this, but when did you realize you needed help and what were some of those first steps that you took towards getting help? Yeah, so I realized I like needed help when I was like, okay, I like I can't, I can't go to school, I can't leave the house, I can't, it's like impeding my day-to-day -day functioning. Like I just can't function like a regular human being. Um, the first thing I did was go to the doctor. So I went to my normal pediatrician and I honestly don't even remember. My mom did a lot of, like I was 14. I, there was very little I could do for myself at that time. So my right. mom did a lot of like the heavy lifting on that stuff. Went to my pediatrician, ended up switching doctors um, to a really good family practice doctor. And she was like, okay, first we're going to look at all the physical things that are going on in your body because like so much of our mental health is affected by physical health, mm -hmm. which is so interesting literally so, in all my classes they're like everything yeah. physical is also mental and yeah. vice versa it's yeah. crazy yeah it's like so tied so she was like all right let's get you through like some of the physical um tests first so i found out like my thyroid is whacked and your thyroid same <laughs> yeah this is too um but your thyroid like is what deals with hormone production in your body mm -hmm. so it really really messes with your mental health um, so that was off. I had a vitamin D deficiency, which is really tied to depression mm -hmm. and mental illness. I also had like a lot of food allergies, which um, there's like a lot of research now on like leaky gut and how like bacteria or things like not processing right in your gut like leaks out and affects like 
your brain and your psychology. Um, so there's a lot of that going on. So first we figured out the physical aspects and then I was like, okay, well we've adjusted the physical aspects, but I'm still like not able to go to school or like right. do normal things. So I started to see a therapist and I literally hated it. Therapy is like a lot of emotional labor. And so the first few times I went, I was like, I'm not going back. Like I can't. As in counseling? Yeah. Mm -hmm. She was a psychologist. Okay. I was like, I'm not going back. Like this sucks. But then I stuck with it. I was probably in counseling. I think I was in counseling every single week to begin with. Then moving to like twice a week and like every other week, you know, moving further and further apart. Um, So I learned a lot of really good coping skills. Mm -hmm. It was cognitive behavioral therapy. If Mm -hmm. any of you guys, yeah. (laughs) Um, So like addressing kind of those like thinking patterns that are affecting your feelings, which are affecting your behavior. Mm -hmm. Um, So I learned how to recognize like my panic attacks before they were starting. So I did a lot of like breathing exercises and like muscle relaxation and like visualizing a good, like a happy place, things like that like that to help myself like calm down mm-hmm. from panic attacks and then I learned a lot of things like I would have to keep a thought log of like all right this is the irrational thought I'm having how likely is it to happen and then writing like okay after like thinking it through and balancing all my thoughts this is I feel like this much better or whatever so there's like a lot of homework involved in that kind of like retraining my brain and mm-hmm. retraining my thought processes so yeah through that I slowly started going back to school just like one hour at a time like I'd go for sixth hour for like a week. And then the next week I would go for like fifth and sixth hour. And I would slowly go back to school just like one hour at a time. Mm-hmm. Um, and my mom was like really, like my whole family was really great in that. My teachers were really, really understanding. I had, if you're in education at all, I had a 504 plan. They, like my school's really amazing, which I know a lot of people don't have. Explain yeah. what a 504 plan is for. Um, I'm not going to explain this right. Bristol and Madeline, if you're listening, <laughs> sorry, I'm going to mess it up. Um, but it was like, for me, it was like a plan that kind of like a specialized learning plan in a way so for me it was like okay I need to be able to like leave the classroom at any time and not have to like get a hall pass because if I'm I'm having a panic attack like there's I can't yeah Yeah. I can't see in the classroom and be like oh like I need a hall pass or whatever um so it's like I could leave the classroom at any time I was also like so sick to my stomach from anxiety that it was like you can have food in the classroom like you can have rice cakes which is what I lived on at that (laughs) time like you can have rice cakes in the classroom so you don't throw up um (laughs) things with like homework assignments like if I needed extensions on things which I never really did but like just those sort of things like if I needed extensions or like extra time or if I needed to take tests in a different place or things like that that I could Mm -hmm. Um, just like accommodating so that I could be at school but like in the best environment possible for me and like do oh that's what I so needed good to learn yeah yeah which was amazing and teachers yeah. are seriously the best so yeah we kind of touched on this before too but how long has it been and can you tell us where you are today yeah, so it's been about seven years since I was like first ang- first anxiety, first diagnosed with an anxiety disorder. Recovery isn't like a straight, straight up journey. Like there's ups and downs. Mm-hmm. And like I had a really big setback like freshman year of college because obviously that's like a huge transitional period in your life. And a lot of people like struggle with their mental health, I think, starting mm-hmm. college for that reason. So I had like a huge setback then in which I like had to try out some different medications. Oh, I forgot to talk about that. I did go on medication, which I was really scared to do, but it was really helpful for me. I know there's like a lot of stigma surrounding medication, but like I look at it, I read this thing that was like, people think that like modern day or that like biblical miracles don't happen anymore. Miracles that um, God did in the Old Testament like aren't a thing anymore, but like the fact that we have like a tiny pill they can help like reset our brain chemistry and like let us get out of bed and function every day is like a modern day miracle. So that like really reset my thinking in terms of like medication. 
No, that's good. I think that a lot of people think, especially people who are religious, think mm-hmm. that like if you take medication, you're like not letting God fully heal yeah. you. But we do live in the day we do now, and so like and God gave us those resources. Yeah, exactly. And so I think that is a stigma that does need to change. And I think that you were a living testament to that. So that's good. Um, we were talking about um, how long it's been and oh, yeah, where yeah. you are today. Yeah. So obviously, there's been like a lot of ups and downs. But today, like, I've just had to learn that, like, anxiety is always going to be a part of me, but it doesn't necessarily, like, define me or mm-hmm. limit me. Now, there are some days where I'm like, oh, I, I don't feel it anymore. Like, I forget I have anxiety. And when I do feel it, I just try to remind myself, like, okay, this is, like, my annoying little friend. Like, <laughs> it is always here, but, like, no, you don't get to, like, talk to me that way or make me think that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, there's definitely still hard days where it's, like, some days I'm like, oh, like, getting out of bed does feel like a struggle. But, like, I celebrate the fact that I'm able to do that or just small things throughout Mm -hmm. the day. Um, I'm in a really good place now. I still see a therapist. Um, I didn't see a therapist all of high school. Like, after freshman year, I didn't see a therapist. And then I went back my senior year of high school because I was like, a lot is changing in my life. Mm -hmm. And SOS. Um, And so I've seen her again, like, ever since. Like, I go, like, once a month or, like, once every month and a half. Like, not that frequently. But just, I don't know, I think therapy is really helpful for anyone. Yeah, like, 100%. Doesn't have, yeah, doesn't matter if you have, like, a diagnosed mental illness or not. Yeah. It's really helpful. So... I've gone to, like, group counseling sessions just yeah. for, like, relationships or whatever, and yeah. it's been great. Yeah, I did that freshman year of college, too. Like it's, it's just, like, a great place to learn about yourself Yeah, and what you think and why that's healthy or not unhealthy and yeah, all that. Yeah, I agree. And just, like, everyone has so much like crap that they can always be working through yeah a hundred percent yeah like even last year when I was in therapy like it's not like I was in there talking about like anxiety I was like in there talking about like oh I just realized like I have these really harmful beliefs about myself that have mm-hmm. like been ingrained in me since a young age and like how can I work through that so I'm healthier and that had nothing to do with mental illness that was just like the normal work of like being a human yeah Yeah, so I'm also speaking about it a lot. I volunteer with the National Alliance for Mental Illness to schools and give presentations and kind of like share my story and what has helped me and just letting kids know who are in high school, like even though it seems really scary and hopeless now and even though there's like a lot of shame surrounding it, like you can and will feel better one day and like recovery is possible Mm -hmm. even if it's not like a straight line or what you thought it would look like. Mm -hmm. So I'm going out and advocating for it a lot and I want to keep doing that in the future. Like I'm planning to get my master's in social work just to keep advocating for better mental health education because like at least when I was in high school that's not something that we got no at all I didn't get any yeah um so I'm really like passionate about that and I want to keep doing more with that um so that's where I am today Mm -hmm. very happy yeah (laughs) don't feel my anxiety a lot of the time even though it's there still on medication still like using all the tools that I learned in therapy like seven years ago like those were very helpful and the reason I think I made it so far but I think that's awesome I think that there are different kinds of anxiety and I think that the better you learn to like cope with the way that you carry it the better and I think that you do a really really good job of that like honestly so good um what are some I want to know what are some of the biggest messages that you talk about at high schools and just like those things with not me and stuff like that I think I try to emphasize the fact that, like, one, you're not alone in it because Mm -hmm. I felt so alone in high school. Like, I just felt a lot of shame about it, and, like, I put a lot of my value in other people. So, like, when I was diagnosed with anxiety, it was freeing, and then I knew what it was, but it was also, like, 
this is like a huge shortcoming that I have, right. which is not true at all. Like, no, it's totally stigma. But just like letting people know, like you're not alone. There's literally so many people that have like some form of mental illness. Like one in four people, I think, is like has anxiety, which is yeah, that's a lot of like that's a lot. Yeah, um, just that you're not alone, and like people do understand what you're going through, even though it can be really isolating. Mm-hmm. So one, emphasizing that. And then two, just emphasizing like how important kindness is, especially in high school, because that is not always a nice. The kindest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, a nice place to no, be in life. Not at all. I think for me, what I learned is like everyone has a story, whether it has to do with mental illness or not. Like everyone is going through something behind closed doors, no matter mm-hmm. like how perfect the mask is. Like everyone is going through something, and to just always have kindness and empathy for people, and to look beyond high school in that regard kind of like I remember I would be sitting at the lunch table and I'd be so sick of like just hearing people gossip or be unkind to other people because I was like I don't have time for this in my life anymore like people are really struggling and like yeah I think it taught me the importance of kindness just emphasizing the fact like I said that recovery is like a lifelong process Mm -hmm. and it looks different for every single person and that's okay and like it's okay if you have setbacks because it's not going to be linear and it's okay if you still have hard days but just like celebrate the things that you can do Mm -hmm. and also like gratitude I think practicing gratitude too I try to like emphasize that Mm -hmm. um and also just just like changing your mindset instead of like a weakness like I used to view it as like a weakness but now I feel like it's like one of my strengths honestly Mm -hmm. is like it's helped give me like clarity and purpose um and it's like changed the way I interact with other people Mm -hmm. and like changed honestly every aspect about my life so just like changing my mindset that it's not like this negative thing yeah what do you have to say to those people that don't understand and don't realize that like you can't just choose to not have anxiety yeah (laughs) that's definitely like really hard because obviously like you can't fully understand an experience unless you've lived it. Mm-hmm. And there are going to be people who, like, aren't empathetic and mm-hmm. who are like, well, just, like, stop worrying. Like, it's not a big deal. Like, just get over it. Or, like, my favorite, my personal favorite, have you tried exercise? And, like, I have indeed <laughs> tried exercise. Thank Literally, you. she's so fit. I can't. <laughs> but people are like, you know, we'll say things like that. And you just kind of have to take it with a grain of salt. Mm-hmm. They clearly have not lived that experience. And what they have to say about you, like, isn't the truth of who you are. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's frustrating. But like, the more you get wrapped up in it, like, I feel like the more you will like hinder your recovery when you're like, I don't know, when you're feeling that frustration towards other people, which like, it's totally normal and natural to feel that frustration when yeah. someone says something like ignorant like that. But just remembering like, you're taking steps forward, you're getting the help you need. People are not going to understand and that's okay. As long as you have, I think like just having one person who understands or who's like, hey, or maybe who doesn't understand, but it's like, I don't get it, but like, I'm here for you. Yeah. Like focus on your support system instead of focusing on all the people who are like, "Mm, this isn't real. Like it's in your head, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I think. I think that's really good. I think a lot of people either project, we've talked about this before, but project or when they don't understand it, they don't acknowledge that like your reality is like different Mm -hmm. than their own. But I think that the more we talk about things like this, the hopefully the better it gets, which is like why we wanted to talk about it. Yeah. And I think so much of it too is like remembering that like this is a stigma that's been ingrained in our society for so long. So long, yeah. That it like takes a lot of work to move past it and people are just kind of playing out those cultural expectations in a way. Because they don't take the time to think about it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so then personally, what are some of the biggest lessons you've learned throughout your journey? Um, I think one is I've learned like what strength looks like like I don't think people always realize like when you're living with a mental illness what a fight it is like each day Mm -hmm. um and so I think I've learned like 
that strength looks different in different seasons of my life and that strength looks different for everyone. Um, and like for some people, it's not a big deal to like go and hang out with your friends. And sometimes that's like the hardest thing I do, even though these are my people and like I love them, that like that is strength because I like would rather like hide under my covers and not do anything. Mm. Or that like getting out of bed in the morning, like if I, if I like can't do it or don't feel like it is like that is strength, even though that's not like some grand thing that like everyone sees, like there's like strength in like small actions. Um, so like learning to celebrate that and be more, yeah, be more celebratory of my own strength in small things. Mm-hmm. Um, also gratitude, I think one of the biggest lessons it's taught me is like the importance of gratitude. I've kept a gratitude journal since I was like 14 when I was going through like that season of life. One of my friends gave me a journal. She was like, I don't know, like use this as a like as a doorstop if you don't want to write in it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I just started keeping a gratitude journal every day. So like it's nothing dramatic. I would just write like one, two, three and write down like three things I was thankful for every day. And that like honestly really helped keep me balanced. And that's like something I've done every single day for the past literally seven years. So I think it taught me the importance of gratitude of small things. Even like there's some days where I'm like, it's really freaking hard to think of something I'm grateful for because it's been a crappy day. But then like I take time to notice the small things and be grateful for that. And then also I have learned like the importance of a support system and Mm -hmm. letting people in on like the ugly and messy parts of your life. Because like in the beginning, I didn't really tell anybody, like I said, because I was ashamed because that stigma is so like ingrained in our society but just like learning the importance of letting people in on those like vulnerable messy moments in your life and letting them support you because that's something that I have a hard time with like I yes. always want to be the one supporting other people or like oh hit the journal um I always want to be the one supporting other people or like I want to be like the strong one for other people but like I don't have to be that all the time and like it's okay to let other people take care of you and check in on you and help you and also that it's really like brave to ask for help like Mm -hmm. in whatever form it is like that's really brave Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that's good advice for literally anyone even if you're struggling with anything I think that's like really good advice for everyone so like obviously everyone has mental health Mm -hmm. even if you don't have a mental illness like taking care of your mental health is important so like I don't know I'm sure you've talked about stuff in classes but what are like your top three tips or what do you do personally in your own life to like maintain good mental health we talked about exercise but that truly is one of those things for me that really does help me stay mentally healthy because although I don't struggle with depression or anxiety sometimes I'm not so kind to myself and so when I'm doing things to like make myself feel better make myself happy and releasing all those endorphins Endorphins. (laughs) yeah um that really does help me I also would say serving whether Mm -hmm. that be volunteering or at church or just doing something kind for somebody else that takes a focus off of you you internally and puts it on to somebody else and you're worrying about another person and just how you can better love them and that is not only something that helps me but also like proven to help with mental health and then I think one that I'm working on now is to take the time to become aware of my emotions and why Mm -hmm. I'm feeling the things I do because I can tend to just push all of everything I feel aside until it's overwhelming. Yeah. So to take the time every day to be like, okay, this is how I felt today and to either journal it or talk to a friend about it really does help it not become overwhelming. Yeah, definitely. I agree with all of those things. Mine are probably pretty similar. I would say one is creating routines in your life, whatever that may be. I just think that like routines are very helpful. Um, You're really good at that. (laughs) Sometimes too good at that. (laughs) Sometimes up till four in the morning good at that. (laughs) No, but um, just like 
whatever that looks like for you like it's gonna look different for everyone but just like creating some sort of routine in your life that is like a constant and that you know makes you feel good like mm-hmm. if you know you don't feel good staying up till two in the morning like don't, don't. <laughs> like, yeah be aware of what physically works for you mm-hmm. and like it might not it's not gonna be the same as what works for your best friend but like just be aware of that and like work on creating those routines um what like for me that includes exercising or cooking healthy meals for myself or journaling like I journal every single night and that's really helpful for me so yeah I think one is creating good routines I think two is talking about it ideally like if you can with a mental health professional but obviously that's not like that's a whole nother topic entirely (laughs) that's not attainable for a lot of people unfortunately but if not just like talking about it with a friend or journaling about it or what there's like a lot of free resources you can use I like the app I can't remember what it's called it used to be called pacifica but i think it's called something else now i can't remember but it's like an app where you kind of like journal your anxiety or like whatever you're feeling or like these are the emotions i'm feeling this is physically how i'm feeling and like seeing how all those things tie in and like it has exercises for you to do like where i was talking about like balancing your thoughts like it has exercises so just like exploring your resources i think and talking to somebody three i think three for me i guess journaling is kind of an overlap i already said that but i honestly love journaling like I said, I do it every single night. I think just having some some form of like self-reflection. I mean, don't be too self-reflective. Sometimes I'm too self-reflective where I like get way in my own head, but having some, <laughs> having some form of like self-reflection or like an awareness of what you're feeling, like you said. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also creating a good support system, like being aware of who you're surrounding yourself with mm-hmm. um, and like surrounding yourself with people who fill you up and make you feel mm-hmm. good and um, who are there for you and you're there for them. Like there's a, that two two-way relationship Mm -hmm. just like surrounding yourself with good people and appreciating your people and celebrating them and thanking them for being there for you and being there for them in the same way community I think is really important yeah super important I wanted to add a couple more things too but I liked how you're talking about sleep yes sometimes you just need a good night's sleep yeah and um to have that consistently does bring a lot to your body Mm -hmm. and therefore your mind and then also one thing that my brother when I were just talking about which can be controversial to some people but he was saying if something makes you happy do that thing yeah and some people are like you shouldn't always do what makes you happy which is true but if you're struggling and you're going through a day where nothing in that day is bringing you joy do something that makes you happy and that's just like being proactive yeah he was like if i'm going through a day and if i'm working and not enjoying work i'm gonna have the hardest time getting through the day Mm -hmm. but if i tell myself that i can go home and watch netflix or read a book or whatever yeah Yeah. then i'm excited for the rest of the day and like that makes my day better and so i think that's another good way i think that goes with like self-awareness like yeah what knowing what makes you happy and what like brings you some sort of like mental relief yeah totally the last segment we have is how or what are some things friends can do to be love and extend love and be a good friend to people who have mental health yeah um i think the first thing is to remember that like you're not going to be able to fix it Mm. um and to not necessarily try to fix it like to just honestly sit there with them in it and like if they need help, of course, encouraging them to get help and reach out, but like just sitting there with them in it and being supportive, even if you don't understand. And like you can still practice empathy, obviously, even if you don't understand what the experience is like. So I think just like being like, yeah, that really sucks. And like, I'm so sorry you feel this way. And like, I'm here for you. Like, what can I do? I think asking them what they need instead of like trying to fix it yourself. Instead of yeah. telling them what they need, asking them what they need. Yeah. Because like I said, 
everyone operates in a different way and what works for your friend is not going to work for you so instead of being like well why don't we like go on a hike and you're like well I literally can't leave my room right now like what yeah. I need is you to just like sit here. here with me yeah um yeah I think asking what they need instead of telling them what they need I would say two is just like accepting the different phases like mm-hmm. there's going to be ups and downs and sometimes your friends are going to be able to do, at least in my experience, like sometimes I'm able to do every single event and I feel really good and I'm like, yes. And then other days I literally drop off the face of the planet for three weeks because I'm just like not in a space where I can, like where I just, I just physically like can't handle it at that time. Um, and I'm like doing what I can, but I think just like having grace for them and not being like, oh, like I wish you would come to this or like, oh, you missed this or like not making them feel bad. Yeah. Not making them feel bad for like their, I don't know what the word is, just not being able to go. Yeah, like, not making them feel bad for whatever their boundaries are. Yeah. Like, whatever their, like, emotional limits are at that time. Yeah, I think just being understanding, like, I don't know. Yeah, just being understanding, honestly, and just not putting, like, pressure on them necessarily, like, making it clear that you care about them and you love them and you want them there, but, like, like I said, not, not like, guilting them into anything because especially if you have anxiety, you, like, why did I sound like I was about to cry there? <laughs> especially if you have anxiety I think you just like you just like go around in circles like at least for me I'm like oh my gosh like if I don't go like my friends are gonna love me less but I'm like but I physically can't go like if I go I'm not gonna be in a good mental space and like no one will want to be around me and then the whole time I'll be worried about like if I'm being present enough or if I seem like off to people and like you just kind of get wrapped up in this Mm -hmm. like spiral and I think a lot of that can be like stopped just by understanding yeah and then I think the third thing is just check-ins like check-ins honestly go a long way Um, and I think knowing how your friends, like, receive love, too. That's just, like, a basic friendship. Right. Honestly, none of these are, like, (laughs) particular to mental health at all. Yeah. Um, but I think just, like, like, honestly, a check-in text helps me so much. Like, if my friends know, like, maybe it's a crappy time or, like, haven't heard from me in a while, just, like, a check-in is honestly, like, oh, like, I'm not alone. Like, people notice this. And then just, yeah, just reaching out to your friends or, like, if you know your friends' love language is, like, words of affirmation, which mine is, like writing them a note or sending them like a text or like encouraging them or affirming that you see them and like what they're doing and how hard they're fighting I think is like really important just those like that's like a small thing that takes like two seconds of your day to just send them a text yeah but I think like that really helps and then also this has nothing to do with this but I wanted to add the importance of like advocating for your own health whether it's mental or physical because like if you don't advocate for your own health like no one else is Mm. no one else will Mm -hmm. and I think sometimes we get stuck in this like well I just want like I just want someone to notice that I'm hurting but we think like someone else will notice like what we're going through and obviously it's really really hard to get help but just remembering like to be your own advocate in your life because like we don't always have our moms to like step up and do it for us right yeah just reminding yourself that like okay if I don't do it nobody else will so it's like really important for me to do this as hard as it is yeah and I think that's honestly really empowering too yeah a hundred percent yeah like it's really hard but once you do it it's like really empowering that you took like an active step So I guess if you're thinking about getting help, I really encourage you to do so, whatever that looks like. And we're cheering for you. Yes, we are. What about, what about you? Like, even when you're having, like, a crappy day, like, what helps you from, like, from your friends? What do you need from people? I think the same. I think what you're saying about community is essential because Mm -hmm. if I have a place where I can go and be like I'm not okay yeah and to not feel bad about it or to feel judged for it Mm -hmm. um and to just have a space to be able to sit and process I'm a verbal processor so being able to talk it out is like huge for me but having a safe place to do that is huge but what do you feel like as someone who doesn't struggle with like mental illness what for you is like your biggest question or biggest thing that you struggle with in supporting other people I think that's a good question, honestly, (laughs) because 
I I don't know. I do study it, and so I feel like I do understand it, mm-hmm. even though or not understand it, but I can empathize with it. Yeah, yeah, I can empathize and accept it, and know that although it's not my reality, it's yeah. a lot of other people's reality. Like literally so many and so i do feel like because of that not that i'm lacking but that i'm lacking the ability to help yeah in a way so sometimes i feel like i don't know the right thing to say or i don't know um the right thing to do and so i don't when in reality even if i'm not doing anything but like with you or with somebody who's struggling with it that's better than doing actually nothing you know so yeah well and I think like admitting it too like a lot of the times in like the presentations that I give like one of the one of the presenters who presents with me is like it's okay to be like I don't know what to say but like I'm glad you shared that with me and like that's like a huge thing I think is like we're not going to know the perfect thing to say and like it's also not our job to know the right Right. thing to say um and like to quote-unquote fix people but yeah just being like I don't know what to say or like what to do but like I'm here for you and I'm glad that you like told me and shared that with me all right well I think that's all we have for you guys today thank you for listening to this episode we finally know our Instagram information so if you would <laughs> like to follow us our Instagram is at the hey sis podcast and we will be posting a little bit more about ourselves hopefully we'll have that up by the time these episodes are released um we'll be posting like quotes and things from our show actually don't know what we're posting i'm just saying these things so now i have to post it Um, we're manifesting yeah (laughs) but that's gonna be the best way to contact us so make sure to follow us there um and thank you guys so much for listening we love you guys we hope that this helped some of you and just letting you know you're not alone and we're cheering for you and Mm -hmm. you're doing great you're doing amazing all right that is it we will see you next time bye sis